and it's verses 2, 3, 7 through 14, and 18, and it comes from the New Living Translation. Hear God's word for us today. At this time, a message from God came to John's son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way that you live that you have repented by, of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowd asks, what should we do? John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, do not extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. The word of the Lord. My first version of the sermon uh, title had the word repentance in it, and I thought we might lose a few uh, coming to service when you saw the newsletter title. So uh, I changed titles. But at the same time, I do want us to have a better understanding about what it means to repent and talk more about repentance. To some degree, I think we mean, know that it means feeling some regret or some remorse for something that we've said or done, uh, realizing that we've, we've done is wrong. And, but then I think that's, here's where it gets confused. I think there we just wallow in our shame, in our guilt. And there were, the word turn was used twice in this. And that's what repentance means. It's, yes, an acknowledgement that what we've said or done is wrong. But then there is a turning to a new way. And so repentance isn't just this, of just beating ourselves up over and over. It's recognizing it, coming to an understanding, and turning to a new direction. That's why uh, we have the U-turn symbol up there. So when you think about repentance, think that U-turn sign. Several years ago, my cousins and I, we uh, decided to go on a pretty long backpacking trip, a week long. We're pretty experienced backpackers. And so we prepared, we organized, we trained and then we met up at our old family cabin in the Sierra Nevadas, and the next morning we took off. And we were up and over this first big summit, probably 10, 11,000 feet up. And then towards the afternoon, we started going into this new terrain down the backside of the mountain. And as it got darker, the trail started to fade away. 
and it started to get rougher and rougher and we just decided to call it a night set up camp and then the next morning we kept going in that same direction hoping that we would meet up with that trail and after an hour or two it just got worse and worse and we were getting scraped up and frustrated and finally we just stopped and we gathered together, we pulled out our maps and our compasses, and we started to talk about where we were. And after a while, uh, my cousin Brad said, we think we're here, but actually I think we're over here. And we started looking at the landmarks and we recognized that he was probably right, that we were way off the trail, that we were heading in the wrong direction. And then we had to decide, well, what do we do? And we decided the best course of action was just to turn right back around. And so we started hiking back to where we had camped the night before. So another hour or two, now it's lunchtime. We get back to where we started. Everyone's ticked off, <laughs> frustrated, scratched up. And we kept going for another 15 minutes. And there was this little blue ribbon on this branch that marked the new trail that we were supposed to be on, that we had totally missed uh, around dusk. And so I share that story with you because it is frustrating and tough to recognize when you know you're going the wrong direction. But what might be even tougher is making that decision to turn back around and go in a new direction. But that's sometimes exactly what you need to do. And I shudder to think about what would have happened if we just said, you know what, we are just gonna go this direction and this is the right way. We would have ended up so lost that we would have put our lives in peril. I mean, there is nothing around uh, this area that we were backpacking. And so repentance is coming to the realization that what we are doing isn't working and that it is committing to go in a new and different direction. John the Baptist's message of repentance was harsh. And yet people from all different walks of life were coming out to the wilderness to hear it and not just hear it. They were receiving it. They were embracing it. And they said, what should we do? I wondered this week why so many people were drawn to this harsh message. Why so many people responded to it and turned a 180 in their lives. And I think in part because there maybe was a sense of dissatisfaction in their lives. You think about those tax collectors. They had money. They had houses. But they knew the way that they were living was wrong. And so they had all this nice stuff and they had no one to share it with. There's no level of mutual respect amongst the community and their neighbors about what they were doing. And so there was this void. There was this dissatisfaction. And those soldiers, plenty of power and authority, but also people that have a conscience, thinking at night probably about 
someone that they had abused or blackmailed and they just can't get it out of their head. They can't sleep at night. To know that they're a part of a system back then that was extremely corrupt. They use their power often to exploit. And then you have these everyday people. They have clothes. They have money. They have nice homes and plenty of food. But maybe they're not feeling a sense of purpose or belonging. And maybe it really bugs them when they look around and they see people that are homeless. They see people that are hungry and they think about all the extra that they have and that doesn't sit well with them either. And so John the Baptist's message was probably touching a nerve within all these people that says there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way of living. There's got to be an alternative to what I am doing, how I am living. So I've got a nice job. Got a nice house, got plenty of food and clothes, but something feels off. Something doesn't feel right. Maybe you feel that way. A sense of dissatisfaction that's gnawing within you. A void where we light the candle of peace, but you come in and you're not feeling it. But you're feeling stress and you're feeling anxiety. Maybe you feel like your life is in a rut. Maybe those days, weeks, months, years continue to go by. And your gifts, your talents, your passions are not being utilized. I think a lot of us feel that to some degree. And that's hopefully when we hear this message 2,000 years later, this message of repentance, and now we come to understand what repentance truly means, it resonates with us too. Because we don't come to worship to be beat up, to feel guilty, and have this message be a downer. This is actually an opportunity that we have to slow down, to do some self-reflection and to consider what aspects of our lives need to change. Where can we turn in a new and different direction? And that's what these throngs of people did in the story we just heard. They said, what should we do? And I love how John the Baptist, his response is specific to those specific people. To the people that had abundance of possessions, he said, share what you have. Be generous. Help people that are in need. To those tax collectors, he he said, live a life of integrity and honestly in how you do your job. To those soldiers, he said, don't exploit your power and authority. Don't abuse others. And be thankful for the position that you have. Did you notice he didn't say, quit your job? Get a divorce. Move. He said, stay right where you are, but approach it differently. Live your life with integrity. Be generous and live into God's righteousness and justice, justice right where you are. Today's message is for us 
is to remain where we are, but to turn in a new direction. Not to abandon our context, but to live differently within it. Think about what that might look like in your life right now. Just one thing, not too many things, just one part of your life that you think needs to change. What would you need to do to turn in a new direction? To approach something differently? What kind of support and encouragement would you need from others so that this isn't just a one-week thing? Some habits are really hard to break, but where you can have people support you, and so this is a dedicated commitment that works, that takes root. Because getting that change to take root, that's hard, that's challenging, but it's exciting. And it should give us hope because I think it helps us address with some of the feelings that we're all feeling. Some of those feelings of angst and dissatisfaction. Now, let me finish with this final verse. John used many such warnings as he announced good news to the people. How in the world is this harsh message good news? Did you think about that when you heard it? I've been thinking about that this week. How is this good news? I've been thinking about as a parent how sometimes we have to say or do things with our kids that aren't really popular, isn't really what they want to hear. I think, the, I think about the best teachers and coaches that we have had in our lives where they'll say, you need to change here. This needs to get better. You need to do this differently. You need to work on this. And so often words of challenge and critique are hard to hear, no doubt. But do you know what's worse than that of what I just described? When you get to be a parent to the point where you just put up your hands and you say, I can't do it anymore. And you stop parenting that kid. You stop coaching that player because he or she is not willing to listen or to learn. You stop teaching that student because you say, you know what? I'm just going to put my time and my attention toward the kids that are willing to listen and to learn. Because when you have that, you've got a way bigger problem. You've got a much bigger issue on your hands because then you've got a broken relationship. And there's no opportunity for growth. You're hearing an uncomfortable, challenging message today. But the good news is that you're hearing it because God loves you. Because God cares about your life. God still has a relationship with you. And he wants to deal with those feelings of dissatisfaction. That lack of peace. That lack of purpose. God cares about you enough to still have a message for you today. That's good news, don't you think? But in order for it to be truly good news, we need to receive God's message and we need to respond in one aspect of our life where we need to have a turnaround and move in a new direction.
They say the definition of insanity is doing the same exact thing and expecting a different result. But by you showing up today, coming to worship, you're taking the time to slow down. You're taking a moment to do some self-reflection. And you are committing to turn in a new, diref- new direction. That is repentance. And out of repentance comes growth and opportunity and life and hope. God cares more about where you are going than where you have been. God cares more about your future than your past. God cares more about who you are becoming than who you've been. That's good news. That actually might be the best news that we could possibly hear. Amen.